Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. We like to focus on taking you behind the headlines of the top stories of the day. But we also love to tell you about the many cool events that are happening in and around Chicago. Now we've got something more for you. Two somethings. Later this episode, we'll check in with folks at the Uptown Rhythm Festival that brings dance and environmental justice together. But first, this weekend at Navy Pier, we're celebrating Latin music. From the traditional to the modern and everything in between at the Latinx Festival. This two-day fest will feature Latin artists from all over the city, country, and world. Now, we sat down with Sandra Trevino, Latinx Festival curator and member of the Future Roots Collective, and Alex Aguayo, who's drummer and singer of Chicago band Cabeza de Chivo. Sandra tells me more about the origins of the organization. Future Roots is a multicultural collective of radio producers. We're DJs, musicians, and event producers. Um, We have a record label as well, Future Roots Records. So we decided that we wanted to showcase more of the artists that we also play and bring together the past with the present. So this is how Latinx began. Ah, So there are going to be a ton of artists, as you mentioned, local, national, international. (laughs) Tell us more about some of the performers that uh, folks will get to see. Um, I'm excited to uh, listen to and view uh, Sara Kuruchich. She is from Guatemala, and she is the first indigenous uh, singer-songwriter to perform songs in Spanish and Tachiquel, one of the Mayan languages of Guatemala. She advocates for social justice through her platform, and it is her first visit to Chicago. So I hope a lot of people are there to welcome her and make her feel the love that Chicago has for artists from all over the world. And another artist, uh, Caramelo Hayes, they're a new band. They play Electronio Post-Cumbia Caribbean Psychedelia. They're formed uh, by members of other great bands like Grupo Fantasma, Dos Santos, and Nemegata. And those are just a couple that I want to mention, but yeah. there's a lot. There is a lot, yeah. Well, well, let's listen to one of the performers that folks can hear. Right. This is uh, Sara Kuricic. This is her song, yeah. Junam. Cheers. 
Okay, Sandra, I am ready. I am ready for this festival. This is such a good song right here. Sandra will be performing Saturday night at 7 p.m., right? Yes. Yes, indeed. At the uh, Lake Stage? No. Oh, my gosh, so good. <laughs> so good. Let's bring you in here, Alex, because I'm already in the groove here of the music. I want to talk about your band, Cabeza de Chivo, because you'll be performing too. So so talk more about yourself, first of all. What instrument do you play? Yes, so uh, I'm Alex. Uh, I play drums, and I sing. Um, Cabeza de Chivo is a psychotropical band. A tropical band. Psychotropical. Psychotropical right? so, band. A lot of psychedelic and Even tropical, better. cumbia, tropical Rhythms, a little bit of everything. So right, and I mean, that was your music that we heard at the top of the segment there. Is your <laughs> yes. song Drive? Yes. Yeah, I love that so much. How did you get involved with the band? Um, we This project started two years ago. It's a pandemic project. We had so much time and we wanted to make music. So So were you making music separately and then you sort yes. of came together? Yeah, during and then we were like, hey, I have this idea and it's, let's work on it. Yeah, and it's been going well so far? Super well, yeah. We've been playing a lot this summer, and uh, we're excited to play this Saturday, too. Yeah. Well, you know, Sandra, why did you want to showcase all of these talents at the festival? Right, as you mentioned, you're getting folks on the stage who have not been before, have not had the chance to perform before. Why not keep it local only? Why, why did you want to bring sort of the globe together this weekend? Why not keep it global as well? Yeah. <laughs> why not both, right? Yeah, right. Makes sense. Well, music is uh, an amazing way for us to connect, to remember, to celebrate, to heal. So bringing music from around the world makes the connection even stronger, even better. And it's also a way for us to connect uh, with our past roots and our future roots, which means we acknowledge, respect, and pay tribute to the music of our ancestors, while also bringing in our newfound sounds and cultural identity into the mix. So if we only listen to local music, we are not going to get that experience. So I think this is a perfect way to uh, present artists that we haven't seen before in person and also to connect with the local artists that are doing some of these great sounds as well. Yeah. What do you think you're doing differently this year compared to previous years? We uh, have, I think we have uh, two stages that we're only doing on Sunday, the Tangle Roots Beer Garden and the Lake Stage. So there's going to be more concentration on these. And um, we're bringing in artists that haven't been to Chicago before. And I think that's a, that's one of the best things that we've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> that we continue doing, yeah. So Alex, as, as one of the performers, what are you looking forward to the most? Pretty much everyone. It's uh, <laughs> beautiful weather, a bunch of friends, a bunch of people, a bunch of amazing musicians. Yeah. Uh, why not? Yeah, we'll, we'll have some sunshine. Aren't you aren't you glad that heat wave should be done by oh, then? Yes, <laughs> I am actually. Can you imagine? <laughs> No. I mean, I'm playing drums, so I'm going to be sweating anyways. Oh, my goodness. That's right. That's right. Oh. Sweaty palms holding yes. those sticks. Yeah, the worst. <laughs> um, Sandra, you're a DJ with um, Future Roots Collective, and you're, yeah. you're host of the radio show with the same name. For, for our listeners who aren't familiar, what is Future Roots? And what's the focus? Uh, Future Roots is a way for us to connect with our past while connecting with our future and what we're doing now. We are a collective of uh, DJs and musicians. Uh, who put events together. Uh, we're mostly vinyl-based DJs, um, but we also do electronic and digital as well. And so we've been doing this for a few years now and just trying to expose and provide a platform for artists locally and internationally who are doing this specific type of music, Latin-A alternative, Latin-A uh, futuristic sound with the traditional you know, uh, Latin-A music as well. 
I see. Uh, who else is part of the collective and, and who can be a part of it? <laughs> Anyone can be a part of it. We have DJ Fanita Banana. Um, we have a visual artist, Piroscopio, who is also part of Sonorama. We have Slomo, Afro Cubano, and Moz. And we have a couple of other uh, people who are joining us as well. I see. Uh, you know, something that really struck me on uh, about Latinx. The festival, it's the mm -hmm. goal, right? One of the goals, it said uh, on your website, to highlight the way one's cultural identities and experiences shape music, right? And then when I look right. at the musician lineup for this weekend, uh, it says that uh, these artists are people, quote, exploring new ways of connecting traditional Latin music with modern sounds. That yeah. sounds amazing. Tell us more, the, the <laughs> modern with the traditional. Um, well, I'll give you an example that's uh, kind of popular right now, uh, artist Peso Pluma, who is kind of uh, bringing in the regional Mexican with rap, trap, and reggaeton. So he's doing that kind of what we're, tra we're, we're trying to talk about and expose, which is new ways of, you know, putting these different genres and styles together. So it can be electronic cumbia, or it can be what Cabeza de Chivo does, which is the psychedelia with the cumbia and the chicha. So it's beautiful because you have no limits on what you can bring together and explore. It's beautiful. Let's get back to you, Alex, because we got to talk more about Cabeza de yeah, Chivo and your, uh, what is it, psychotropical band? Yeah. <laughs> psychotropical it's like music. a mix of a lot of sounds. Um, we don't only play cumbia, we play a little of uh, rock, garage. We play a little faster than normal um, Latino music. Mm -hmm. So we play a little harder too. Um, we have a lot of influences, so we try to put them all together. I see. How yeah. long have you been doing music? Uh, myself, uh, I've been doing music since I was 11. So Did you start with the drums or did you start with? Guitar. You started with and guitar. And then I moved to the drums and yeah. Oh, so you, you're multi-instrumental too, right? <laughs> and then, right. so are you, uh, are you the only singer in the band? Uh, right. Uh, we, we, we kind of like. You all sing. Yeah, we alternate, but I'm mostly the one that sings the most. Yeah. yeah. Let's listen to your debut single. This is Danza del Chivo. Yep. Love this, Alex. Where do you get your inspiration from? Oof, a lot of things. Uh, mostly, same thing. Like it's music. We listen to so many things, so we kind of want to combine. Mm -hmm. We talk about music so much with with my band members, so we always try to like experiment more yeah. than anything. So, is it a feel? Are you going with a feeling? Yes. So it's, it's a feeling, basically. We're still hearing it. It's, it's speeding up. You talked about how it's a little bit faster. Yeah, we, usual, we play right? with timing. I love that so yeah. much. You know, Sandra, music is, is such a fluid thing, right? You know, we, as mm -hmm. we talked about, you want to keep the traditional sounds. You want to yeah. put a twist on it like like uh, mm -hmm. the, Alex's band is doing. Uh, you know, how do you mix, Alex, uh, modern sounds and traditional music together in, in a way that works? I think it's experimenting. Uh, 
trying new things, uh, jam together and mm -hmm. be like, okay, what makes sense? What doesn't make sense for us, basically? Uh, what feels right, basically? Yeah. And then, and then we go from there. And I guess on the flip side, you know when it doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah. When you know when it's too much. You're like, okay, let's, let's take this off. It's too much. And Yeah. How would you describe what Latin music is, Sandra? Because there are so many kinds, right? I mean, what, what do you see as an icon iconic of, of the overall genre? Oh, that's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's the beauty of it, of Latin music, that it's so diverse and there's such a variety of rich cultural textures and everything. So there's not one definitive icon of the Latin music, uh, but... Uh, yeah, come explore. <laughs> Maybe Pierre at Latinx and you'll find out more about <laughs> what <laughs> what different styles and genres of Latin music is. Um, yeah, that's a hard question, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Alex, when people ask you, what would you say about Latin music? Um, it's culture. It's all culture. So you can be in Mexico, you can be in... Um, it's like Cumbia. Cumbia has so different it rhythms. Changes it changes depend depending per, on the region? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So... It's different everywhere, even though you call it cumbia, uh, it's different Ecuador, Ecuadorian cumbia, uh, Peruvian, Argentinian, Mexican. Where are you from and, and the members of your band? I'm from Ecuador. You're from Ecuador? Yes, most. Uh, then we got another Ecuadorian uh, member, uh, V, and then we got to, uh, one Mexican, one Venezuelan. Uh, I see. And Sandra, I hear you nodding there. You agree? Yes. That it's a regional thing. <laughs> It's a regional thing. It's just like he said, mentioned even cumbia, like cumbia from Colombia, then there's cumbia, Mexican cumbia, and then there's Peruvian cumbia. And, there, and that's just one genre, one tiny genre. So imagine all the rest of the genres that exist within the Latin diaspora. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, Sandra, you've got the ears of our listeners now. So why don't you give us mm -hmm. a, a final pitch? Where can folks learn more about the event and why should they come out? You can find out more at Navy Pier. Um, NavyPier.com has all the information and the lineup. Be prepared to walk a lot, to explore the different stages that are there. On Saturday, it starts at 2 o'clock, um, and then it ends at 10 o'clock. And on Sunday, it begins at 2 o'clock as well, ends at 8. There are two different stages on Sunday, and there are three stages on Saturday where you can enjoy not only live performances, but also uh, DJs as well that are performing there. And when are you so, performing, Alex? I'm performing. Yeah. We're uh, is performing Saturday, 5.30. Saturday at 5.30. We look forward to it. Yes. That is Alex Aguayo, member of Chicago band Cabeza de Chivo. And we've been chatting with Sandra Trevino, who's Latinx Festival curator and DJ and host with Future Roots. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank you. We're switching gears and we're heading from Navy Pier to Uptown, where another event is happening this weekend, the Uptown Rhythm Festival. Picture this, a free two-day event by the lake filled with dancing and music with a twist. The Uptown Rhythm Festival aims to connect event goers back to nature and the environment around them. I sat down with the event organizer and some folks taking part. Shivali Varshni Tanner is the concept and outreach director and organizer of the festival. And Adora Stevens is a soul line dancing teacher and Anthony Pachel Tamez is a member of Shy Nation's Youth Council. Shivali starts by telling me how she uses dance to connect with nature. I'm a dancer, and rhythm is, 
is critical to my being. <laughs> I see rhythm everywhere. And the more I travel, more people I talk to who are dancers, they're all connected to each other with rhythms. You go from one country to the other, the basic rhythm is still there in every mm. dance that you dance. I want to hear more about that. You said you see rhythm everywhere. Yeah. Describe that for us. <laughs> you will call me crazy, but if I'm in the uh, in the car and my indicator is going on, there is a rhythm. You hear the beat. <laughs> I hear the beat. Okay, you're not crazy. I do that too. I I uh, I um uh, you know um, mash some of my ginger and there is a rhythm. <laughs> so there's a beat to everything that you there's do. There's a beat to everything I do. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and so I see that connection. I see that rhythm is something that makes it very easy for people to connect with each other. You play a good music, your feet starts to tap, people stand up and start dancing. So we said, okay, guess what else has rhythm? Mm. Nature does. Mm. So if you are in, in with nature, you hear the waves in the lake or the birds chirping, or you see just the sun come up and come down. There is a rhythm to it. Can we connect to it? Can we care for it? And then maybe together we find a solution to be more sustainable um, and and uh, and work towards environmental yeah, justice. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this is the second year. This is the second year. So yes. where did the idea for the festival come from? Just marrying these two together and putting it on display for others? <laughs> yeah. So for me, this connection was very clear. Um, but actually, um, this all started in during COVID. Um, I made a video of some dancers, six dancers from Chicago area, and uh, this was when you know during COVID we were all, we were all isolated, and then we heard about uh, Brianna Taylor, we heard about George Floyd, and we kind of had this like gloom that oh my God, the society may not be as kind as we originally thought. So our focus with that video, which was still we dance, mm -hmm. was that. You know, there is good everywhere. We just need to connect with it. So the dancers performed a piece of dance in their neighborhood showing different parts of Chicago. Um, and that was a good, like, for me, it was a rejuvenating yeah. experience. And for the, most of the dancers, it was. So then we came together and we said, how, how can we make it, that, that connection is so essential. How can we make it broader? And then because we were all dancers, so of yeah. course the dance festival came to mind. But we wanted to have that that twist about justice, whether it's environmental justice or just being kind to each other um, and also being sustainable. Yeah. Anthony, let's pull you in here. As I mentioned, you're a member of Shine Nation's Youth Council and District. Tell us how you're taking part in the Uptown Rhythm Festival. Yeah. So the Shine Nation's Youth Council is one of the only Native American youth councils here in the city of Chicago. And um, we're going to be kicking off the festival with a land acknowledgement uh, and talking about the significance of Uptown to the Native community. When relocation happened for Native people, that was one of the, Uptown was the home for uh, hundreds of Native families. Okay. And it's still the home for a lot of Native families today. Um, so uh, paired with the land acknowledgement, we're going to be talking about Uptown's rich history in terms of uh, Native people who live and still live in the city of Chicago today. I see. Wow, that's interesting. Ajora, let's, let's bring you in here as well. I mean, how do you connect, as Shivali talked about, with movement, dance, and nature? Well, I also just have always loved to dance. So when, even from a young child, I just loved to dance and move. And so I, uh, when I first saw the uh, Chicago Ballet present 
the Nutcracker Suite. I just bugged my mother to put me in dance classes, so I, <laughs> I started think a lot dancing. Of us did that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as I got older, after I had my children, I I couldn't get into my traditional ballet and jazz classes or feel comfortable there. So I started taking line dancing, and I started also taking salsa, and I started doing these dances that you can do into mm. your 80s, 90s, and, and 100s. And you, you do soul line dancing. Yes. Talk uh, about that. Well, soul line dancing is, is uh, urban, uh, usually with uh, black people, line dancing, mm-hmm. and... Uh, um, some people would say that line dancing actually started with country music. If any of you all saw the movie Urban Cowboy, you remember <laughs> them dancing yeah. uh, in a group, uh, doing all together uh, community dance. And so black people, of course, we, we take things and we say, well, let's do this with soul music. And so that's really what uh, soul line dancing is. And it's generally you see it at parties and black block club affairs, um, people will just start dancing to a certain song that they know, and mm. it's it's just a great way to bring the community together. Brings you right to your feet, <laughs> for sure. Why was it important, Shivali, to have a, a diverse showcase of dancers? Yeah, so there were two two reasons. Uptown is one of the most diverse neighborhoods in, in Chicago, so we wanted it to be a community festival, so we want representation from all of the communities there. The second purpose is also because each dance group, each group that comes to the to the festival, they are talking about how climate change has impacted their society, their their um uh, their community. Mm-hmm. So that is the other way. So if people are there, they're connecting with music, and they're also listening about stories from different parts of the world, how climate change has impacted them, we, we believe that that will just get us to a better understanding. Because, you know, in, in Chicago, close to a river, we have water available. Um, we have electricity available all the time. We're not that much impacted by climate change yet. So I think just that understanding would be good if we have different voices speaking about their stories. How is the festival itself going to be eco-friendly, you think? And, and how are you all organizing this with the environment at the forefront? Yeah. So we have to work with things that, that we have today, but I have a long-term plan on how I want to make it completely um, carbon zero as a festival. So right now we ask people to bring their uh, reusable water bottle food containers, bring their own mat. And uh, there are two things that we live by, live life lightly, as in bring less, Mm -hmm. use less, uh, and also leave no trace. So if you're creating trash, create less trash and take it with you. Um, Keep it clean. Um, We are currently using generators that are you know, run by fossil fuel, but we are investing in, in generators that run by solar. Um, so next year and the following year, I think we'll get all to solar and electrically regenerating generators. Yeah. So slowly we're going to get there. But for now, it's you bring reusable. Let's let's take one step at a time. Reusable. Um, no, no, nothing single use yeah. you will see in our in our festival. That's great. So, Anthony, talk to us about how you how you'll get folks plugged in at the festival. Are you leading workshops? No. So we're 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 going to kick the festival off, and I think it's really oh, important that um, you know the at large Chicago community knows that there are still Native people that live in the city of Chicago. Um, Chicago is one of the largest urban centers for Native Americans in the country. Is that a is that a true narrative? Folks think that there are no longer Native 
people? Yep. Yes. Yeah. So we hear that all of the times when we go into schools, when we go into a different government offices. Um, and so something very important for me yeah. uh, is that representation. I was just elected to the 17th District Council. So that made me oh, the only. Thank you so much. That made me the only sitting Native American uh, in the state of Illinois and one of the youngest elected Native Americans officials across the country. Uh, and so uh, bringing that power and the power of the community that elected me, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think it's important that we are highlighting a community that has been here since time immemorial. Uh, and I think just the act of being there and having people physically see us and hear us mm-hmm. will help them understand that Native people are your neighbors, Native people are your co-workers, they're your teachers, they're your students, they're the people that are helping you check out at the shopping store. You know, Native people are all around you, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. Adora, who are some of the dancers that you're working with, and how did you pick the people? <laughs> well, I, I've been dancing uh, for a long time with uh, Loretta Martin's uh, Chicago Dancing Divas and Dudes. And, in fact, we uh, performed uh, the uh, pre-show for the Bulls game three years in a row. Oh, cool. And I also work with uh, Hakima and uh, Jalila Shamshudin's uh K2C, which is, stands for uh, Kima's Kicking Crew. Oh. <laughs> I love it. And and uh, my group, uh, since my name is Ajora Faith, I call my group the Faithful Friends. Oh. And so there's lots of uh, I other... mean, you, you had me at Chicago Dancing Divas and Dudes, uh, just yes. so you know. Well, <laughs> well, Dr. Loretta Martin has been, uh, she actually is, I think, in her 80s now. And she still teaches. I still take her class. Um there are many seniors that uh, just love line dance because it helps with uh, not just uh, um, exercise uh, in a positive way, in a relaxed way, but also with social connections. Yeah. And so we really do have a community. And since the theme is community, I'm hoping the line dance community will all come out. And also that we'll get to teach lots of people the joy of line dancing in the beautiful natural surroundings there yeah. at the lake. So Jora teaches a workshop on 2.30 p.m. on Sunday. Yes. yes. 2.30 on Sunday? Yes. yes. You know, we're slowly coming out of festival season, Anthony, here in Chicago. So I'm curious how you would say that large events like festivals, how they're not eco-friendly in general. Yeah, well, you know, I I would say uh, I I would say in large, uh, it's probably the single use plastics. It's probably the use of generators that use fossil fuels. Um, but we, I think what we can see with, with this festival that's being thrown uh, is that it's possible to be able to throw festivals without single-use plastics. And it's possible to transition from, you know, using generators that use fossil fuel to things that use solar energy or wind energy. And, you know, I, I would say as, as someone uh, who, uh, you know, works for the city of Chicago, it's very possible for the city to start putting in these uh, requirements for festivals that take place within city boundaries right. uh, to make our city uh, a healthier and livable place for the residents. Yeah, why don't you pick up where he left off there, Shivali? What, what do you think needs to change for these festivals to, to become more green? Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it can start from so so many, so many ways. I, I know some festivals you do have to bring people 
from around the world or from the country. Yeah. Like we are doing more local. All all artists that are locally focused. Are all locally focused. Um, so that that travel uh, that travel you know carbon footprint of that travel cuts down. Then um, we are organizing this festival, which is quite accessible by by road and public transportation. So you know the more people use public transportation, that's great. Yeah. Um, and then uh, bicycles, that that would be great. So I think on the lakeshore, what I find <laughs> missing is there are there's there are you know rows of car parks, but there's not much for parking your your bicycles. So could I go there with my bike and my trail trailer so that I can carry all my stuff there? That would yeah. be very helpful. Um, for festivals, single-use plastic is the biggest biggest problem like United States is five percent of the world population and, and we dump enough enough bottles <laughs> that, that can go around the world five times I think right uh, if, if my uh, data is correct so can we can we reduce that can we bring our own food can we bring our own um, reusable containers and not not throw away stuff I think that's I mean I see trash after after festivals yeah a lot of trash for sure and and then i like to keep it community focused so yeah we we do free festivals not all festivals can be that like that but just having the community in well i'm glad you brought that up because on a similar note throughout this summer we've seen uh this pattern of 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 local communities coming together against some festivals right i'm, yeah. I'm thinking of Riot Fest, which is is happening next month, and uh, the Reset Music Festival at, at Reese Park that happened in June. So you are working to actively engage community and make them actually feel a part of this. It yes. Sounds like yeah, absolutely. For us, that's very important, and there's a long way to go. But you know, slowly we're bringing more and more people into the festival, and it's our second year. So yeah, your personal story, Ajar, with 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 dance and environmental justice. I mean, why, why, why would you say it's important to you? Well, our environment is where we, leave, where we live, so we certainly want to take care of it. And uh, for me, I, I, I was with the Uptown Rhythm Festival last year when I was with the Chicago Casineros. There I was teaching another form of dance. I was teaching uh, Rhythm de Casino-style salsa, which is actually Cuban salsa. With uh, It's, it's kind of like... Uh, salsa square dancing (laughs) but i was teaching that last year and that's when i came to their festival and i I just learned a lot um, at the workshops about uh, the importance of sustainability and so i think that we can become educated as well as just have fun and being outdoors uh, helps us to appreciate the environment that we need to take care of. I love to have fun while I learn. (laughs) Are you excited for the kickoff? I'm very excited. Yes. We believe in the power of dance to create a movement. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) real quick before I let you all go, Shivali, how do you think folks listening can start to connect themselves back to their bodies and movement in nature? Yeah, so... um, during the festival, I think that's it's a good reset uh, in the way that you come to the festival. Come to the festival. In yes. the morning, we would have yoga. Then, you know, the yoga is on ground. You feel the ground. You feel the rhythm of the nature. Then we have a talk about how clouds 
how many different types of clouds are there, how clouds are formed, mm -hmm. how, how that rhythm works. So get connected to your bodies in the nature and then learn about it. So one day we have actually beach cleaning, so we'll talk about how trash impacts, impacts our lake. Yeah. So come to the festival, get that reset, get that time of just, you know, relaxing with yeah. other people in the same community. I think the bottom line is they need to just show up to the show Uptown up. Rhythm Festival. We've got to leave it there. Right. Shivali Varshney Tenor and Anthony Pochelle Tamez and Ajora Stevens. Thank you all so much. Oh, thank, thank, you. thank you. This episode of Reset was produced by Micah Yason and it was edited by Brenda Ruiz and Meha Ahmed. Are you getting the Reset newsletter to your inbox? Our digital engagement producer, Claire Hyman, shares recipes, movies, and more, along with the big headlines that you need to know. Just go to wbez.org slash Reset News to sign up. That'll do it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.